Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. Welcome back. How's it going? Good, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, kind of a rushed afternoon trying to get you know, kids fed and off to football practice and get a podcast recorded and, and all of that on the, the same little block of time. So, uh, But it's good. Yeah. Roger that. Yeah, I'm in the same same boat. No sports today, luckily, though. And I, I'm not coaching anymore, so it frees up a little bit more of my time. It was just, it became too much last season for me. And I didn't, you know, now I can take a breath when I get home. I'm not just like rushing out the door to go to practice three days yeah. a week. That's nice. I, I coach in the summer, like baseball, I help coach, football, I help coach. But once the winter hits, and since my oldest doesn't play basketball anymore, I don't coach that anymore. Um, but I just got two younger ones in hockey, and I don't know anything about hockey. I don't know how to skate. I'm wearing a Bauer t-shirt right now. Yeah, uh, they make so, skates and So stuff. people people think I, I know something about hockey, but I don't. You know that it's expensive. I, <laughs> that's the only thing I know about hockey is, man, it is, uh, it is draining. Yeah. I remember my mom telling me, because I only played baseball and basketball. I played soccer as a little kid, and then you know my parents were like, oh, that's a communist sport. Uh, that's what my football after, coach always called it a commie sport. Yeah. yeah. But after that, um, yeah, she's like, you know, hockey's for that's, that's for rich kids. <laughs> yeah. You're not a rich kid. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. for, it's for every kid in Minnesota apparently. So yeah, no, oh well, yeah. Some of the best hockey players in history have come out of that state. Yep. It's uh, like Canada. I mean, more well, always from Canada, but yeah, yeah. Most, yeah. Most in, in the U S yeah. Heavy amount of them definitely from Minnesota. So, well, all right, man, let's get started. Let's start with a question from actually a current client, Tyler. He sent us an email. So he's already got his policy in place. And I think he's already looking for ways to start another policy. Like how else could I more efficiently use my capital and be more productive with it? So it, it's, this is the fun part, right? You get a client that gets a policy in place and they start going and then we get to coach them along the way because the wheels start turning and new ideas yes. start coming to mind. So Tyler says, and I'll, I will um, paraphrase, but he said, is there a way to capture all subscription or charity giving capital prior to giving that money out or giving that money away? How is that? And then how is that different for monthly versus annual subscriptions or giving? So when he says subscriptions, I'm assuming he means, um, you know, maybe uh, streaming services or you know, internet bill, common uh, bills that you pay every single month. And then giving is something I think I've talked about before. We've, we both mentioned this before. You could you know, capture that giving into a, a policy before you use it. So uh, what, would, you know, what are your, your quick responses to Tyler about this topic? Yeah, I would, I would, I'm going to give the worthless answer of it depends. Yeah. It depends on what it is. It depends on the frequency of payment. I think for annual stuff, right, yes. Um, that's, I think that's easier to do. And I know there's some folks out there that are saying you can route everything through it. And, but that's, if you read Nelson, that's really not, that's really not the in, intent, right? It's for major purchases, you know, cars, education, mortgages, 
yeah. in investments, right? Financing so, those things that you would typically go to a bank, a bank to for. finance That's throughout right. life. Yeah. Exactly right. So I, but I do feel like for charitable giving, if it's you know, let's say it's a temp, you know, I have s several clients that tithe ten percent to their church every year, and I and I I would ask them in the process, I was like, hey, does your church allow you to tithe? on an annual rather than a monthly basis. They say, yes, as long as we, you know, declare that we are a 10%, uh, you know, tither, then we can, we can do that. We're still in good standing. I said, okay, fine. So I like capturing it in that sense where they just pay that tithe once per year. And that before that tithe goes out the door, it hits their policy first. And there's ways that we can, uh, with certain companies where we can design policies either with lump sums or some other, um, we just build more, you know, paid up addition space in the policy for to capture that tithe. That's right. how you would do that. Yeah, but for I, I agree. Stuff not monthly, like not. I don't like that really. Yeah, I think that makes it too complicated. Like you're you're trying too hard, and I think eventually it's going to be a very very rare person who would actually do that consistently every single month and be okay with it. I personally wouldn't. It's it's too complicated. It's too many moving parts. Yeah. The like other it. thing is, you know, your life insurance company is not you know, this is the infinite banking concept, but the life insurance company is not a bank. It doesn't have like 5 million gophers that are just waiting to take your phone call so you can transfer money or does it, does that make sense? Uh, yes, you have online access, but it's just the mechanics of it doesn't, I just, yeah. my answer is no on that kind of stuff, but yes, on the, on the bigger stuff, uh, on the annual stuff. Yeah, I agree. Annual or even semi-annual. Yes. Uh, giving, um, you know, tuition, tithe, yes, um, things like that. Uh, I, I absolutely, and I've already created one for myself. And you know, we're not going to talk about how to create one to to uh, to be beneficial or to actually make it useful for you. But uh, I'm always happy to have that one-on-one -on -one conversation with people. How I created mine to to capture my giving and still be able to pay the premium and repay every loan uh, every single year. Right. So and. Tyler, we've mentioned this before, but I'll mention it again because, you know, I, I do pay quarterly taxes um, and sometimes I end up with a larger tax bill at the end of the year, even after I file. So I'll route, I get space in a policy for that money before it leaves sure. my personal economy forever. And, it, you know, over the long haul, it'll make me that much more wealthy because I'm never losing use of that money. Right. Absolutely. It's perfect for quarterly taxes capturing that yes. money and then also Quarterly out of sight out of mind you don't have it in your operating account so you're not tempted to use it for something for a business expense you know that's put away that's socked away for taxes that that's right yeah that's right cool so great uh, great question though that is an excellent yeah. question very good all right man well today we're going to talk about the the hot topic of student loans and what they are calling now student loan forgiveness so recently um, within the last week, maybe the last couple of weeks of, of this podcast being uh, published, the, the president has declared a, I think it's $10,000 quote unquote forgiveness on anybody who's holding student loans. Uh, I don't know all the details around that, if it applies to everybody or if there's an income limit or anything like that. I didn't really look into that. Do you know any more details on that? No, I'm, I, I haven't dug into the, cause it kind of kind of triggered me anyway, but no, it, I haven't dug into the, the the details of it. But um, you know, generally there are strings attached with any government thing, whether it's qualified plans, yeah. tax breaks, tax credits, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. So I I don't know the answer to that question. I tell you, who doesn't get to benefit is the people who already paid off their loans. Yeah, or 
or the people who uh, never had a college loan, right? Maybe, you know, people who went to a trade school and they have a blue collar job as a, a plumber, electrician, whatever it is. Um, you know, is there any forgiveness on their trade school loans? I don't know. I'm I haven't, not, yeah, I I'm haven't sure seen either. that. So, right. so that's, that's something that triggers me is like, there's all this talk about, um, Hey, don't, it's kind of like kind of the same as with mental illness where everybody's like, Oh, you shouldn't, you know, shame people for not having a college degree or for having mental illness and having to take anxiety meds or something like that. But then at the same time, the other side of their mouth, they're like, Oh, well, you don't have a college degree. You don't get any forgiveness. Uh, we're not going to help you out in any way. Oh, you know, and then they, they blast people for, you know, taking a mental vacation, you know, mental health break or something from sports or whatever. Uh, it's the dual sided nature of the media that, that says they support one thing, but then their actions actually support another thing. So I think you're right, man. Uh, there, there are people who are going to suffer from this and it's certainly not fair to them. Uh, and like who else, who else is going to suffer? Like every single taxpayer in America. Oh yeah. No, no question. And I think that's where, you know, this is an emotional topic and we're not here to disparage anyone that's taking advantage of, you'd be silly not to take advantage of this opportunity. Right. Right. Um, so we're not here to disparage anybody, uh, at all. That's not the intent of this podcast. We're trying to just give some, some simple facts and, and, and things to consider really of, of the, the long-term effect down the road of policies like this. Um, you know, anytime you hear the word government stimulus, because let's face it, this is what this is. This is government stimulus, yeah. which means it's taxpayer funded stimulus. Right. You're it's... either going to pay for it through increase through the tax code. Or you're going to pay for it through inflation. And there's no different with this with this recent decision. Yep. That, you can't so... just eliminate debt willy nilly. It just doesn't disappear. That, that's not a thing. No, it gets it gets transferred. Right. So this it's a really wealth a transfer. A, quite honestly, it's a wealth transfer. It's a redistribution. Um, but yeah, like you said, these are well, transfer to the rich, really. Exactly. Because college. Right. So who is this really benefiting? Oh, it's benefiting people who, who make a higher than average salary. That's right. Because they're the ones that have the college degrees. That's right. right. So, I mean, so much for, uh, for really caring about the poor. Uh, we're going to put this tax burden on you, everybody else who doesn't have a college degree so that we can benefit those who, who do make more money than you. Um, so, but it's not, so the, the word forgiveness. So here's what we're, what we're also not for. We're not for this quote unquote forgiveness, but we're also not for the predatory lending and the, you know, the, the misleading terms on these, these uh, federally guaranteed college loans. Like you're taking a 17 year old moron. Like, let's be honest, who's not a moron when they're 17, they go to college and like, how do you actually know what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 17? Almost nobody does. Like you and I, I joined, you and I knew we wanted to join the military and, and fly and, and be attacked. But I was pilots. still a moron. Yeah. It doesn't mean I knew how to read a balance sheet or knew how to read a contract that shows how much money I'm actually going to have to pay out of pocket if I borrow all this money from a bank. And then, oh, guess what? Later on, I was just talking to a client and he said he knew the terms of his loan. And then he, he, uh, he uh, combined, uh, what's that called? You know, he took different college loans and, and lumped them all into one, right? Consolidated right. Like a debt college consolidation. Loan, yeah. And it, and it canceled out everything else. Like the original terms of the loan were canceled out completely. Correct. And now he's hosed because it's, it's completely new. He's getting charged interest out the wazoo. And, uh, it was really a, a terrible idea, but he was being misled to believe that this is in his best interest and it's not right. 
So yeah. we do have empathy for that, for the people who are taken advantage of and which is pretty much probably most people when it comes. Yeah, to no question. Loans. And what I don't like is that and we're going to jump all over the place. People as as, as thoughts come into our heads. Um, this is completely unscripted, believe it or not. Um, is that what no one's, you know, it's being talked about in some media circles, but what is the root cause of the fact that tuition has gone up, you know, umpteen thousand percent since 19, whatever. Well, I can tell you actually, what? now that you mentioned yeah. that it's gone up, I've done, did a little research here on a, it was 469% in the last 40 years. Right. That's insane. Yeah. Right. But wages, wages have not real wages have actually probably gone down since 1980. Um, with all the money printing i'm not don't quote me on that everyone but that's... well i saw another stat saying like the average college graduate starts off at a job of making fifty nine thousand dollars a year today okay where adjusted for inflation about 40 years ago that average starting salary was sixty nine thousand dollars right so there you, there you go, go. So, um, i was right yeah so you know i'd like to see i'd like to see the serious people you know the adults in the room I would like to see them address the root cause and behind every economic situation, generally speaking, that's unfavorable to the middle class is a also equally silly government policy. Right. I don't care if it's affordable housing, rent control. You know, I read a lot of Thomas Sowell, obviously, and, you know, he's not he's not wrong, but there's no consequence for these bad policies. So. If in what I'm getting at, everyone and, and Dave will jump in here, but the government backs roughly 92 to 95 percent of student loans. So for a lender, there is no risk. None. Right. Yeah. There's no risk for the school. They're like, well, there's a there's a blank check. Right. There's no incentive to be efficient. Like we're in the life insurance industry, life insurance companies, especially the, the mutual types that are owned by policy, they are very lean, efficient mm -hmm. companies, right? They don't have free coffee in the office. That's an Elon Musk reference to Tesla, but you know, maybe they, maybe they do, but um, so they're very lean, very efficient. There's no, you look at any government organization, none of them are lean, none of them are efficient. Not one. I was in the DMV this morning. And let me tell you something. It's like any DMV you've ever been in. So yeah. yep. there's no but, incentive. There's no competition. It's a monopoly on, on lending. And you're talking to two guys who have extensive experience uh, working for the government in the U.S. military. Right. So we've we've seen it from yes. that side, um, at least. So, yeah. And um, let's get back to the word forgiveness. So words have meaning. That's something I like to repeat over and over, like words have meaning. When we talk about life insurance, we have to be very precise in the words we use. When we're talking forgiveness, that's just a twisted, that's that's just lying to you, right? It's a it's a political it feels, term. Feels great. That, yeah, it feels good. Like, oh, forgiveness. You know, the Bible tells us we should forgive. Uh, okay, then, then what could be wrong with it? Because you're forgiving. It's not. It's redistribution. It's taking from somebody to give to somebody else. Um, so it's plain and simple. That's all it is. That's right. So be careful of the words that you accept and and start, like you said, uh, you and I were talking before this, anytime we hear the word government funded, those two words together, we immediately replace it with taxpayer funded. There's no such thing as government funded. It's all taxpayer funded. Yeah, I, I told some guy on Facebook that the other day. I was like, what do you mean government should increase the funding? The government doesn't have any money. <laughs> 
they're going to have to either take more from the private sector or they're going to have to cut from other services to redirect resources toward whatever you're talking. He was a state professor or something. Yeah. At a state school or something. Um, or the Fed prints more money for him and, and we all pay through inflation, the hidden tax, that, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so let's get back to the problem. So the problem, the GI Bill, like you mentioned, was introduced after World War II. And that was uh, the government trying to solve a problem that that the free market could have solved on its own. The fact that, oh, we have all these men coming back to the economy and there's no jobs for them. We better just send them to school so they don't, you know, so they're not homeless and unemployed. Right. Like as if there's a limit to how many jobs can be created by by the ingenuity and creativity of the human person, you know, when they're given free reign to do that. So that's right. Um, and then good intent, good intentions, right? Yeah, much like good social intentions. security, but. Of course, and then it just blossoms into some monster you can't control anymore. That's right. Um, and then the the federal government started guaranteeing student loans in the '60s, and yep. yeah, you you already stated that. And if there's any risk, a bank will make a loan, and they know it's guaranteed by the government. So if it doesn't get paid back, guarantee government's going to pay it. Like there's no risk. It's kind of like FDIC insurance. That really irritates me too. That. Um, everybody has FDIC insurance, all these banks. Uh, so it's not real insurance, it, not real insurance, but how do you separate the good banks from the bad banks when <laughs> they all pay the same rate? Like if you're a bad bank and you're taking high risk, you should pay a much higher insurance. Just like if you're a fat smoker who lives on donuts and cigarettes, you should pay more healthcare premium than I pay. Like no, no question. It's just the way it should be. And yeah, I think that actuarial it, science. Yeah, it's it's completely fair that way. But the the government disincentivizes that, and they actually incentivize whether whether their intention was to or not. They incentivize risky loans. And what's more risky than loaning money to a seventeen year old moron with? Well, actually, why don't I just read this? So I, I wrote this. I don't know. This struck me a couple months ago for some reason. So I wrote this little story. Uh, if you bear with me, let me uh, tell you a little bit. Yeah, I think you should read Paul. it. I think it's good. Uh, we'll have it in the show notes too. Okay, cool. So here it is. All right. So two men were standing in line at the bank. The first one walked up to the banker. He says, I'd like to request a mortgage loan to buy a home for me and my family. Banker says, please tell me about yourself. Well, I'm, a, I'm 40 years old. I graduated from a top tier university 18 years ago with a bachelor's degree. I earned my master's degree 10 years later. I have an 18 year uninterrupted employment history with references I can share. I've made over 100,000 in income every year for the last six years. I have zero debt to include consumer debt, student loans, or mortgage debt. I have 18 years of credit history and my credit score is 800. I have owned and sold three primary residences in the last 10 years. Two years ago, I started my own business and I'm currently self-employed. I've earned a gross revenue of well over 100K in both of the last two years running my business, and I have very low overhead expenses. This year, I'm on track to gross even more. I can provide all tax records to confirm this. So may I please get a loan? What's the banker say, Paul? You play banker. I'm going to be the banker. I can't use that voice, though. I'll, I'll laugh. But all right. I'm sorry, sir. We can't use your self-employed income to grant you a loan. So unfortunately, the answer is no. <sighs> okay. So this is a dude who's got... I this feel like actually, I know this guy. Yeah, it's almost like I was writing in the first person. Um, <laughs> so this is a, it's a true story. Yeah. So now let's go to the second person in line. Um, so I'll, you play the banker again. 
So the second guy walks up to the same banker and says, hey, Mr. Banker, I'd like to request a student loan for college. Please tell me about yourself. Well, I'm 18 years old. I just graduated from high school with extremely average grades. I've never had a job and I'm currently unemployed. I'm not sure what I want to major in or what I want to do when I graduate from college. In fact, I'm not even sure I will finish college, but it sounds fun and everyone else is doing it, so I'm going to give it a try. I have no credit history and don't even have a credit score. I'm not even sure what a credit score is, to be honest, so may I please get a loan? Approved. <laughs> How's a hundred grand sound? Where do I sign? Like, does anybody see anything wrong with this? Uh, this is this is what happens when the government intervenes in private affairs. Plain That's right. We saw it. We saw it with some private mortgages. The government was, you know, pressuring. You know, and, and you had Bush, you know, Bush saying it, you know, President Obama saying it, where they were, you know, and through through like community organizing groups pressuring banks to make subprime loans and. You know, not everyone needs to be a homeowner. Guess what? Not everyone needs to go to college. And that's right. what happens when uh, you, you nailed it. When the government interferes in private affairs, this is what occurs. Yet we keep asking for more and more of it. And we wonder what, what is this? What is the problem? Well, and, and then what does the government do when they... They create more policy, which to fix the last problem that they caused, yeah. which creates even more problems. So this is the solution, debt forgiveness to fix the problem they created, federally guaranteed student loans to unqualified borrowers. Yes. Like, there you go. So are we, are we seeing a trend in the way the government operates here? Like, do you want all of your money? Like this is kind of off topic, but do you want your money in a government sponsored plan after knowing how the government operates and, and the idiots in charge making the decisions they make? Like, I don't know about you, I don't want a single dime of my money in a government qualified plan. No, you know, there's a very simple solution. You know, we talk about the problem a lot on this podcast, Dave, and yeah. you know, the solution's quite simple. Number one, um, you know, under capitalization, you know, we we're paying 34 and a half cents to other in interest over our lifetime to other people's banks. We're investing maybe five or 10% of that in a qualified plan, very, you know, very little liquid savings. And then we wonder why we run into these problems where, Hey, I leave college with a hundred thousand dollars of debt or more, and I have nothing to show for it. But this, but this job that I have, and I can't, you know, I don't yeah. believe that people can't make their loan payments unless they're. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I, average loan debt's twenty eight thousand. That's like a Honda Accord. A lot of people have Honda Accords around here. Um, yeah, that is the average loan debt. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's some with who isn't more than paying that. them. I guess you know what I mean. Like who. Who isn't repaying their loans? I don't, I don't know. Do you know anybody? I, I'm just I don't know. I mean, I know some pilots. There's pilots who go off to, a, you know, get an aeronautical degree and, and yeah. become a pilot. And then they go work for an airline. And they've got a hundred grand in debt right there. Sure. And, they're yeah, and they're barely, not making a lot right out of the gate not, either. You're not making much, uh, especially at a regional before you get to the majors. Even there, you know, you may start at 90,000 or something, which is okay. But it's it's not enough to repay your debt very fast. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so let's talk more about the solution. I think Nelson, we'll just go back to what Nelson says. It's all about the way you think. And like you mentioned, what do you got there? I, I just, I wanted to read what he says about on page 75. Okay, this is funny. So Nelson has a great sense of humor. 
And uh, if you knew him, or if you've at least watched like his videos and the speeches he gives, yeah, I own um, I own his his series. So, yeah, then you'll uh, be able to see how he was like the look on his face probably when he was writing this these sentences. So I like ahead. his joke about the uh, the weed. Do you own a weed eater? And then from there, the the joke the joke. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, for another time maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. So this is on page seventy five. Becoming your own banker. Uh, first of all, I had the distinct feeling that the college degree and it's italicized, is extremely overrated in its value. Witness the number of people you know who have a degree and thus feel they are educated, but other than the degree, there is very little evidence of the fact. Yeah, that's uh, and that he wrote this and he wrote this 22 years ago, right? 2000. So that's a, that's I mean, he really wrote it 99. Yeah, and that's that's his nice um, way of saying just because you got a piece of paper you know, doesn't, doesn't mean you're not an idiot. Right. All so, you have to do is watch like Ben Shapiro go to a college to, you know, to deliver a speech and then some of the questions he fields and answers and realize, you know, these, these young people don't have the ability to think they, you know, they're all emotion, no, no rationality at all. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. But anyway, well, I mean, and having a piece of paper doesn't mean you're smart, right? Having a diploma doesn't mean you're smart. Just like having a BMW doesn't mean you're rich. Like how many people? It does make you a jerk, though. <laughs> Somebody's not a Beamer fan. Well, we don't have any anymore, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really all about the way you think. Um, and then you know we're not against higher education. In fact, I, I like what Nelson says here on page seventy-seven. He said, "I'm not against higher education. To the contrary, I believe it should be a lifelong activity." So what is he really saying there? That education. He it, like learning, have a passion for learning and, and understanding. Yes. And he was obviously a lifelong learner. He said in, in, in this book, right, we never arrive in knowledge. You know, that's not a thing. You know, part of his discussion about the arrival syndrome where people, right. are, you know, hey, I've made it. Well, there's always something else to learn. There's always another deal to do. There's so another human being to help, right? The, the work is never done, especially with education. Yeah. And, you know, I'm certainly not against college uh, completely. I'm, I'm against the mentality that everybody, everybody needs and deserves to go to college. It's not true. Like right. what Caddyshack, the world needs ditch diggers too. Like, and right. just because you go to college, don't go to college doesn't mean you're going to be a ditch digger. Like how many successful entrepreneurs are out there who never went to college or dropped out of college and absolutely hated school because it, it didn't arouse any kind of passion for learning and they want to go out and they want to go learn on their own and they do it and they do phenomenal. Like you can, you can accomplish a lot without college. So I think it, that kind of goes into another mindset that people who think that also think that if I go to college, I will be successful. And I think a lot of people are seeing that's not the case. Right. They throw out that statistic that a college graduate earns on average a million dollars more than his non-college graduate counterpart. And I, I yeah. think it and that may be true or at one time it was true or maybe it is still true. Um, but again, that doesn't mean that it is necessary for everyone to attend. Of course, this this discussion is this is not what we're telling people to go to college, not but just something yeah. to think about. The economics of it are making less and less sense absent a few, you know, very specialized things like Tammy's a nurse, but I was a history major. My path to the army was I'm a history buff. So I got to major in whatever the hell I wanted. And I did. Yeah. But it's a worthless degree, quite honestly. Well, when you and I both wanted to be officers in the military, 
that was my goal. And the only way to get to that goal was to first get a four year degree. Right. That's right. Um, so I did that. But so let's talk about the solution when it comes to financing college. If you don't want to take those government, you know, get in bed with the mob and take federal money and, and all the, the, the taxpayer money. Yeah. Oh <laughs> no. God. Thanks. You caught me. Nice. Well done. Well, it, I mean, it, it is right. Yeah. It's a no, taxpayer it's, backed loan. It is. It's taxpayer yeah. guaranteed, not federally That's guaranteed. Right. Yeah. Um, so what, what do we do? So we had episode 15. If you really want to dive into uh, college or I'm sorry, IBC versus the 529 college savings plan, which is what most people do. Listen to episode 15. We, we do a whole episode comparing the two. Uh, and giving our thoughts on the 529. Uh, but what you and I have both done is open a IBC policies for our kids. And that's their college fund. It's their, maybe when they turn 16, take a loan against it, go buy the, a car, and then pay themselves back instead of you know having to pay a bank back. And then they go to college, great. They've got money right there to, to help them out. Or, uh, or start a business or buy a buy a duplex or whatever they want to do. I told Anthony once we move to to Tennessee that I'm going to, if he wants to, um, you know, all the all the lots that we bought by the lake are around three quarters of an acre or more. I was like, I'm going to buy, you can buy yourself a zero turn mower mm. and go start a lawn business in the neighborhood. There'll be a couple hundred households and, you know, 50 bucks a pop. Oh, yeah, you can whip pop. those out 10 minutes each. That'd be great. He can, he'll be he'll be crushing it. And then what he needs to do is teach his little sister how to ride the lawnmower and pay her thirty dollars each, right? <laughs> and right. he gets to pocket the other twenty, and That's just sit right. at home in the air conditioning playing his uh, playing on his iPhone. There you go. Well, we're not going to get him <laughs> phones, but yeah. But anyway, so, yeah, so exactly. That's how I'm funding my children's college is through dividend paying whole life insurance contracts. Yeah. It, and even there, I, I'm not going to stop there because, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm about to get remarried, going to have seven kids. There's, I'm not paying for anybody's college. Like these policies were designed for them. I'm going to give them those policies at some point. But yep. like if somebody wants me to pay for college, they're out of luck. So go figure it out. But I will help you along the way. Like how about like most public schools nowadays? Actually, I don't know about most. I'm just talking from my local area. You can get yeah. college credits your senior year in high school here. Yep, and you can it. leave. You can leave for almost after, after you leave high school with almost one year of college credits. Then go to a community college, get yep. another year of college credits, and then go to a two-year university. Maybe join the Air National Guard, the reserves, do something like that, um, and have yeah, somebody else pay for it. There's plenty. Of, Amazon, there's I think, plenty will pay of ways. for your college. Right? There, are, there are many ways to to not leave with with severe debt. But a lot of these, you know, a lot of these parents and kids, God, God love them. They want their kid to get this college experience, whatever that is. You know, I went to a military college, so, but I don't feel like I missed out. I don't even know what the college experience means. I don't. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. don't understand what you know what I mean. I don't know, yeah. but I don't feel like I missed out on anything. And I was talking about uh, this with my one of my college uh, one of my good friends who was my college roommate my sophomore year, and we both felt we didn't miss out on anything, and because uh, we because we didn't. Uh, I've Except been to other probably, colleges uh, and. A, a lot more bad, bad mistakes. Um, yeah, you know, right. Idiot um, mistakes because you're, you know, as a male, at least for men, our brains aren't fully formed until we're like 25. That's right. So some you, some are never fully formed. Some, <laughs> some are never. Certainly, our uh, our uh, sense of humor is never, and maturity is never fully formed because uh, that stopped at like age 13, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah about that plus or minus. Yeah, yeah. But but, uh, 
but yeah, there's there's ways, and I, I encourage everyone to explore. There's money out there. There's um, there's just like Dave mentioned. There's just smart ways to go do it um, online. I mean, yeah, it, right. I, I don't think anybody asks in a. I mean, college is a get your foot in the door at a job, like at a, at a big company, if you want to work for somebody, right? Yeah, certain not, colleges, of course, are stepping stones to... Sure. You know. But they're not going to say, hey, did you get your degree online or did you go in person? Uh, how often did you sleep through class? Um, did you actually learn anything? Like, all they care is, did you finish the degree? Do you have a four-year degree or not? Right. Like, nobody, you know, I might have been asked my GPA a couple times, but... Um, it, yeah, so there's, there's other options. And for us, the solution goes back to infinite banking and setting that concept early on in your kids' lives. Like if you have, you know, if you're funding a five, two, nine right now, um, listen to episode 15 and see if maybe funding this might be a better alternative because who knows if the kid's going to want to go to college. Um, right. Well, and, and not, it's not maybe Dave's being nice. What do you, what's not baby? It is, it is a better idea. Oh, instead of the five two nine. Okay, all right. It's absolutely, I agree with you. it's absolutely a better idea. I've got, I've got no love for five two nines whatsoever. No. Complicated, um, risky, yeah, everything I don't want in my riddled finances. with riddled with fees. Yes. Yeah. So, well, we will put some links to. Uh, I dug a couple sources, uh, some Forbes articles for some of these stats. So I'll put those there, so people don't think we're just making stuff up. Uh, as we go, uh, put that there and put that little parable in the show notes as well, uh, in, in case anybody wants to read that. But I, uh, yeah, this is a this is a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I think if people can look past the the first layer, like everything, and when it comes to the economy, look past the first layer and the quote unquote intent of what the politician's trying to do, and see what the second, third, fourth order effects might be. Yeah, you said this very early on in another podcast, but you said, you know, question everything, you know, question what we say, question policy when it comes out, question this latest, this latest thing that, yeah, on the surface, oh, it's, it's wonderful for these people, but it's gonna hurt them in the long run. It's gonna hurt everybody in the long run, too. Yeah, yeah, not, not the rich, but Everybody not, else. Not the rich. I, I saw a meme that said, uh, hey, Biden forgives $10,000 uh, of student loan per person. In unrelated news, colleges colleges increased tuition by $10,000. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So we'll see if that actually becomes a uh, reality. But No, I like it. It's But it's never a mystery, is it, Dave? No. No. It's not. If you know the problem, you'll know the solution. So That's right. All right, everybody. Well, thanks for listening again, and we'll talk to you all next week. We'll see you, Paul. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify, and please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.